I'm Hannah Lutz with Automotive News. We'll get to Daily Drive shortly, but I wanted to let you know about a special podcast series called EV1, A Legacy in a New Light. 25 years ago, General Motors rolled out a vehicle called the EV1. It was a triumph of electrification that ended in a crushing blow. But the car planted the seed for the industry's embrace of EVs today. In the special podcast series, automotive news reporter Pete Bigelow and I talk with those involved in the rise and the fall of this electric vehicle. You can find the series at autonews.com slash EV1 podcast or wherever you listen to podcasts. Daily Drive is brought to you by eBay Motors. Auto dealers, are you missing the most engaged buyers because you don't know where to find them? At eBay Motors, you'll find buyers so motivated, they purchase a car or truck once every three minutes. Just call 866-210-5362 and mention code AUTONEWS to get 50% off your first two months. I'm Jason Stein, publisher of Automotive News, and this is Daily Drive for Tuesday, April 27th. There is more than enough speculation about how dealers will handle the onslaught of electric vehicles on their lots over the next few years. Will consumers buy them? How will dealers service them? And what happens when a dealer has to charge one? Or more to the point, what does the electric bill look like? Ask Wisconsin dealer John Bergstrom to show you his bill from last year. Or has he told us it was a monster one? That incident would quickly put him at the forefront of issues involving electric vehicles and charging. After some sleuthing with his utility company, John Bergstrom discovered the culprit was a Porsche Taycan that employees had charged at approximately 10.30 each morning. That's peak demand time, the highest rates from We Energies, the utility company in the area. With 27 of Bergstrom Automotive's 35 brands slated to bring an EV to market within the next 12 months, he realized he needed a solution. Working with Faith Technologies, an electrical engineering corporation, Bergstrom Automotive installed direct feed power lines to EV charging stations at 11 of the group's 30 dealerships in Wisconsin. They are the lone source of electricity at times of peak demand. Faith Technologies also installed a microgrid, an on-site electric grid made up of solar panels, battery storage and control software, and a backup generator that uses natural gas. After a fair amount of work and effort, Bergstrom Automotive was a Bergstrom power grid, and it could be the solution for the future. From Nina, Wisconsin, we'll let John Bergstrom, CEO of Bergstrom Automotive, tell the rest of the story. John Bergstrom, my friend, how are you? Things are very good in Nina, Wisconsin. Thank you for asking. How are they with you, Jason? They're fine. I think things are always good in Nina, Wisconsin, especially when you come up with some pretty creative solutions. And that's what I want to talk to you about today. Uh, we wrote about this about a month ago. And uh, before we get into the all of the details, I want to take our listeners back to what was the start of the story that we published, where last summer you opened a utility bill at one of your stores. What was inside that envelope on the utility bill? All right. We we have to get uh, a little bit of of truth in advertising going here. Uh, I didn't open the bill, uh, but one of our accounting people brought a bill to me that they said was significantly different than any other bill we'd ever had in our Porsche dealership. And it was a electric utility bill from Wisconsin Energy. Uh, I happened to have a relationship with those folks, so I asked them to look into it. And the bottom line is we had uh, peaked our electrical charge 
uh, at 10.30 in the morning by uh, plugging in uh, uh, Porsche Taycan. And uh, it, it's, it started a, a whole uh, ongoing uh, discussion that none of us uh, on our side of that equation understood. Electric bills in Wisconsin, and I found most of through America, are generated by taking what the uh, peak demand charge was at your highest usage at the most expensive time, and then they charge you that rate for the month. Well, we had plugged this car in at 10 or 10.30 in the morning and uh, on a fast charge, and it, it peak demand, and our bill was significant. It was about almost three times what a normal bill would be. And and after we pursued it further, uh, we had not only charged it that one time, we had let people use the car and they'd clean it up in the morning and then they'd charge it after they clean it up. And we uh, multiplied the challenge. So I uh, asked our people to try and come up with a solution. And there wasn't an easy one, Jason. It was challenging. So bottom line is we asked the power company to put a direct line into the dealership just for the charger. So if we peak demand that line, it would just be for what that charger used. And it solved the problem. It was an expensive solution. You had to bring the transformer uh, to it, and then you also had to bring a line directly from the transformer into the charging station. But uh, it did solve it, and we're doing that multiple places. On a more macro basis, though, Jason, we we said we got to find a better solution, and uh, that that's what led us to your article. There's been broad discussion about how dealerships can prepare consumers and maybe even train your sales staffs on EVs, but no one really talks about the impact of EVs on everyday store operations, do they, John? And you and you have a lot of brands, 27 out of 35, that are bringing an EV to market within the next 12 months. That's what's known as a steep learning curve, right, John? <laughs> yes, it is. And it's complicated because... The generation system for the state of Wisconsin is at 98% of capacity. And then the electrical grid from Wisconsin and our sister ships is not very good either. So so uh, there's, there's a lot of challenges. So we have a campus in Nina where we decided to build a microgrid. Uh, I have a close relationship with Faith Technologies or one of the largest electrical contractors in America, they do work for Google and Microsoft and Apple, and so they're they're top of the mountain as far as quality and and kind of forward thinking. And we we partnered with them and we built a solar field at our Nina campus where we have multiple brands, and then we hooked a microgrid to it, which is a computer system that stores electricity in a battery, and and then hooked uh, a Kohler backup uh, natural gas generator to it uh, when it wasn't sunny and, and literally took it offline. Uh, we charge multiple cars in a day without ever going to the electrical system that's set up to run the state of Wisconsin. It's actually pretty cool. Uh, I, I actually think that, that we can get this to a, 
a scale at some point as as electrification becomes uh, more prevalent where it really makes sense. Well, and as you told us, unless you're in Phoenix, solar pa- solar panels alone don't do you much good. Yeah. You've got to find a way to, you know, first and foremost, save the energy and put it into a program so it's available when you need it. And that's the beauty of the microgrid, right? That That's the whole thought process. And, and uh, we do have sun in Nina, Wisconsin, but not enough to run anything solar without a microgrid technology hooked to it. Uh, we in one day had a Mustang Mach-E hooked to it. Uh, we had uh, the Audi. Uh, we had uh, uh, General Motors Chevy Bolt. We had a Volkswagen. Uh, we were trying to see how much we could do at one time. We could charge them all. It works. And and outside of the initial investment, uh, there is no cost to it. So. Uh, I, I believe a lot, a lot of learning that we're going to go through as a, as a group of dealers in North America, but uh, the solutions, the solutions uh, are going to be different than than just plugging it in uh, at home at night. Because during the day, we had a visit today from our Porsche representative from North America. It's the first dealer visit we've had in a year, I think, and the vice president of Porsche for for North America. Uh, made a date, stopped with us, and he came in his Taycan. Wonderful car. Everybody loved it. We had lunch, but he can't drive back to Chicago to get on the plane without a significant charging because there is no system of of charging along the way without really uh, doing some planning and some inconvenience. So there's a lot of work that has to be done yet. We'll hear more from the CEO of Bergstrom Automotive, John Bergstrom, after this. The most motivated car buyers aren't knocking on your door anymore. They're online, but you don't have to look far. You can find them at eBay Motors. Our platform features over 7 million engaged users. Our buyers are so engaged, they enter over 3 billion search impressions per month and buy a car or truck every three minutes. Today's car buyer has high expectations when they browse online eBay Motors helps you meet those expectations. Use machine learning with our AI-driven vehicle pages, and you'll automatically optimize your buyer's experience. It's as easy as listing your inventory and watching as the most engaged buyers find you. If you've ever uploaded your automotive inventory to a website, you have more than enough skills to get your cars listed on eBay Motors. It will feel like you're setting up an entirely new car dealership within minutes. Once you list your available inventory, you'll have additional support from the platform, including a single destination page for your entire brand. Want to generate more sales automatically? eBay Motors lets you choose between auction, classified, and fixed-price listing options so the site does the heavy lifting. It even integrates with your existing dealer or vehicle management system. All you have to do is list your inventory. Sit back, relax, watch a movie, and then check back in to see the sales you've made. How do you start? It's as simple as creating an account. Call 866-210-5362 and mention the code AUTONEWS to get 50% off your first two months. Find out why selling cars has never been this easy. That number again, 866-210-5362. A lot of work and a lot of learning that you're, that you're already doing uh, along, along with your partners in this, in this project, We Energies and Faith Technologies. I understand they're also trying to understand whether the region's electric grid is capable of handling the not only the wide, widespread adoption, 
but also trying to uh, create more scale, as you said earlier, because something like that's going to be needed. Correct, John? If 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 all of these electric vehicles are on their way, and they are, then how do we overcome some of these issues? That, Jason, you hit it in a nutshell. That's exactly the problem. At night, we're fine. Where there isn't a lot of demand. You can plug anything in at home. But if you need to charge during the daytime, like in our service departments or demonstrators or delivery, any of that stuff, uh, from from like seven in the morning until like four in the afternoon, and I don't think that's just us. I think that's across America. Uh, we're in a world of hurt unless something significantly changes. How are your customers in Wisconsin thinking and talking about EVs right now? It's really front line yet. It's uh, there isn't much going on yet, Jason. There are people talking about it, but not a lot of demand yet. The interesting thing is the younger people you talk to are the ones that are most excited about it. School-age people, uh, uh, young 20s, 30s. This is the right thing to do for the environment. Nobody debates that. Just nobody quite figure out how to pay for the infrastructure. And uh, I personally believe that's going to take some kind of a federal government mandate, and it's going to be a... Uh, very, very expensive endeavor, and, and nobody's nobody's approaching that situation yet. You have nine grandchildren, and one of them, your grandson, uh, had a funny comment to you about this the solar field. He's really proud of me. He he thought I was I was fine. The light was going on finally for Grandpa. That I was a good guy all of a sudden. So it was interesting because uh, I didn't make an issue out of it. They just drove by and saw it. And, it was a big deal to him that I was doing that and that I cared significantly displaying that I cared about the environment. So it, that, that actually wasn't a hot for me. Did you ever think you'd be in the business of an electric grid <laughs> development? I, I didn't. Not my wildest dreams. And, and, and what, what's really, really uh, so uh, uh, difficult and challenging is it's bigger than any of us you know it isn't anything we can handle ourselves it isn't like a bunch of dealers if 600 dealers in wisconsin got together and said we're going to fix this and all throw in a check it's bigger than that uh, it I'm, I'm the point where i think the only way it's going to happen is if the federal government does it yeah fair enough um so a lot of talk of evs but let me let me ask you for a moment about internal combustion engines remember those um, do you have enough trucks on the ground right now, John? Trucks are kind of like an endangered species, Jason. And it, it doesn't make any difference which brand it is, uh, especially pickup trucks. Uh, they are a significant part of our business. Uh, I think they're a significant part of the profitability, certainly of General Motors and Ford and, and Chrysler. Uh, this is, and it's tough. Uh, the supply side is 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 really a challenge. It is amazing. We are very very short, and I don't see light at the end of the tunnel yet. The products are terrific products, and the consumer has more savings than he's had in a long long time, so they can buy what they want. And their jobs, they have good quality jobs, so they have credit. Rates are cheap. They want to buy these things, and uh, there's a tremendous demand for it. So, I. I 
feel very badly for our manufacturer partners that have developed these great products and now they're caught in this quandary where the suppliers can't supply them. And how about your used car market? What's that look like in Wisconsin right now? It's it's just phenomenal, and we're blessed to have it. Uh, my son Tim and his team have worked hard to develop a, a digital platform. It's starting actually before COVID, and uh, our our used car business is is really the foundation now, the backbone of our business. Well, we wait for new car inventories and new truck inventories to come back. It, it's, uh, the one challenge you have is the value of used cars is certainly above anything that those of us have spent a long time in this business would ever think is there. And uh, if we have about 4,000 used cars on any given day, and maybe that's uh, a couple thousand dollars a car more than you would ever think that they would worth on the average, you could have a really bad day if this thing corrects all of a sudden. So it's a little bit like gambling, but so far it's going very well. Yeah. Crypto and used cars. Who knew that we'd be in the same sentence with those two things? Um, <laughs> John, I, I want to ask you one more thing. Um, the last 13 or 14 months, you and I talked early in the pandemic on this podcast. Um, we shared some thoughts on on what you were going through kind of at the height of the unknown. Uh, now we have the height of a different unknown. What a wild ride, John. Well, we had one really good month between COVID going down and chips going away. So we'll, we'll remember for a long time that we had March, I think. It was a month that all of us in the car business can't say that we've ever seen before. So I'm hoping that, that we can get this chip thing. I think capitalism will take over. Uh, there's an opportunity to make money making chips. I think they'll get it fixed. I hope they get it fixed sooner than later. I told my team on a video we did yesterday that I think by the 4th of July, they'll have it figured out. We just got to get from where we are to, to there and then uh, we'll be in a very good place. And it, it's, it feels so much better to see us getting through this COVID thing. Here in Wisconsin, we're about 45% vaccinated. I, I encourage our people all day long to get vaccinated. And if we can get to the point where we can laugh and hug and go to a football game and have fun together again, life will be in a very good place. So yeah, we'll thanks very much for the leadership you and your organization has provided all through this, Jason. Thank you, John, and really appreciate you joining me again to, to tell your story of life in Wisconsin right now on the grid. <laughs> Thank you, John. Go Packers. We reached John Bergstrom in Nina, Wisconsin, and that's Daily Drive for Tuesday, April 27th. For breaking news, go to autonews.com, and for a library of more than 300 interviews, go to autonews.com slash daily drive. We'll be back Wednesday.